0: A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there.
1: You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in
0: trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight, I, I, I wanna know who you are. I wanna know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. Are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Petaluma, California holds a very special place in my heart and mind as a journalist. In some ways, tragic. In many ways, it's a turning point for me professionally. In my first year or so at NBC, I was dispatched to Petaluma to cover the horrifying case of Polly Class, a girl who was snatched in the middle of the night from her home as she was having a slumber party. Later found murdered. The killer was located, tried, and convicted. In the course of the investigation, obviously, the police looked at a few potential suspects, one of whom was Polly's father, Mark Class, divorced from her mother. She was at her mother's home. Mark obviously had nothing to do with it. We actually grew very close during that investigation as I interviewed him a couple of times. A very emotional, compelling interview, not just as a journalist, but also as a, a fellow parent. And we've stayed in touch over the years. He's become a child safety advocate. Wonderful guy, tragic loss. But I always kept Petaluma close for that experience. I wasn't even on Dateline at the time. I was working for a news magazine called Now that was hosted by Tom Brokaw and Katie Couric. Ultimately, that show merged with Dateline. But we went out there and we did the story and the whole investigation and got to know some of the law enforcement people out there and stayed in touch with them as well. So as we were doing the initial to catch a predator investigations, I thought to myself, we should go to Northern California. Petaluma is in Sonoma County. And perhaps the law enforcement agencies there, Petaluma Police Department, Sonoma County sheriffs, would be interested in collaborating. And in fact, they were. They wanted to send a message out to the community that they were serious about protecting their children, and it was almost as if this particular investigation was done in honor of Poly Class, or at least that's how I felt. This was our eighth investigation. In August of two thousand six, we set up in a beautiful upscale neighborhood, and we wanted to do something a little different production wise. So we had the backyard setup on the patio we had a hot tub we had a bar tiki lights you may remember the setup it was a beautiful home and it was interesting because at one point i remember neighbors coming over after the fact and taking a tour of the, the predator stinghouse it was during that investigation we saw so many compelling predators such a variety of men trying to have sex with a 12, 13, or 14-year-old boy or girl. One of the predators I caught in Petaluma was a 30-year-old man named Jazz Winder Chima, his screen name exclusively in it. Chima worked at a Bose store. Bose being this stereo speaker maker and so many other electronic products. And he started chatting online with a decoy who identified herself as a 13-year-old girl. She went by the screen name Willow Filipino. And this particular profile was, was very productive and apparently very attractive to men who wanted to have sex with a child. Same profile used... In the Maurice Wolin case, the doctor who surfaced, and others. 29 men, 29 predators surfaced in our investigation during three days, among the most prolific of those early investigations. Jasminder Chima is looking back someone who I would consider almost a textbook case. Here's a guy with no criminal history, at least for sex offenses with children. He has a decent-paying job. At the time, he had a girlfriend. And here he is chatting online with someone he knows virtually right away is a 13-year-old girl. And the other interesting thing about this case is that the actual decoy in the chat, the person posing as Willow Filipino, the 13-year-old girl, was the founder of Perverted Justice, Xavier Van Erck. Perverted Justice, as you know, the online watchdog group with which we partnered in these investigations, in the first series of investigations. And I'll get into why that's significant in a little bit here, because Chima, along with two other predators I caught in the Petaluma investigation, tried to go to the mat with their defense in this case. Wolin did the same thing. In fact, Chima's lawyer would attend Wolin's court hearings and try to parrot what Wolin's lawyer, Wolin's very high-paid, high-profile lawyer would argue in court and again we'll get to that in a minute but first let's take a look at the chat log between our friend Jazz Winder exclusively in it and a person who said she was a 13 year old girl hi he says Heya, what up where are you located he asks I'm in Cali what's your ASL I'm in San Jose. Now, San Jose is pretty close to Petaluma. What part? I'm in the 707, she says, kind of by Santa Rosa. This is getting up near wine country, and it's it's really a gorgeous area of California. Exclusively in it. Oh, okay. She says, that no good? He asks, what's your ASL? She asks, what's your ASL? No, it's okay. I'm 28, male, San Jose. Now, he's actually 30. And we figure this out later. Uh, why does a guy say he's 28 when he's 30? And what difference could that possibly make? Maybe a guy in his 20s would be more attractive to a 13 year old girl than a guy who's 30? I don't know. I just don't understand why these guys do it, but they do it a lot. How old are you? He asks. Cool, I'm 13, female. Oh, wow, he says. Aren't you young to be here? Meeting the chat room. What are you doing here, he asks. LOL, it's just chat. I see. And this is interesting because the perverted justice decoys, contributors, are all very skilled at having these conversations online with predators but not engaging in any sort of entrapment, never bringing up the specter of sex first, never saying, hey, come over here, I want to have sex with you. They let the predator make the decision to come over. They even act hard to get. And if you go through the whole chat, like I have, you can see just how talented Xavier is at doing this. ...without going overboard and creating issues of entrapment, He says, I see. She asks, what's the problem? He said, I was going to say if you're looking to hook up. Chat is cool, lol. Lol, yeah, and if I meet someone, I meet someone, so what? I'm not dumb, she says. Lol, I know, he says. Have you met anyone? Not off chat yet, No in real yeah older guy he asks i don't care age is age my dad is 54 and my mom's 31 my ex was 15 she says and he sucked so age doesn't matter he says so wild do you want to see an older guy he's open he's game and he's testing and probing now if the guy is cool she says i don't care his age So long as the guy is honest and into me and cool. I see, he says. Willow Filipino, LOL, yeah. So what you looking for, she asks. Hmm, well, I've never met anyone your age. Youngest was 17, he says. What are you looking for? I'm down for whatever, just looking for cool peeps. Would you meet me, LOL? So this is just literally minutes into the conversation. I've read it straight through to you. This is how it went down. I'm not excerpting anything at this point. And he's already asking about meeting face-to-face with a 13-year-old girl. If you're cool and we talk more, maybe sure, depends. So she's not even committing yet. And what is the next question from exclusively in it? Jazz Winter Chima? Are you a virgin? Huh? Are you virgin, huh? LOL, no, she says. Really? Wow. Yeah, really. LOL, wow, yourself. Are you a virgin, she asks. Hell no, he says. He's almost put off. Now remember, this is a 30-year-old man talking to who he thinks is a 13-year-old girl. And he's offended that she would somehow suggest that at his age, he's a virgin. Go figure. Plenty of experience, he says. On hand, LOL. And now she gets cheeky. LOL, I bet your hand. You get what that means. Negative, he says. I could find a date easily. I'm not desperate. She says, LOL, I'm just teasing. I know, he says. Cool. What's on your mind? He wants to know. I don't know. I'm just chatting with you and playing DS sometimes. DS. Nintendo DS, she says. Oh, Okay. We need to play TOG sometime, he says. Not DS, LOL. Something else. TOG? Together. Oh, I bet you'd like that. So now he's saying, I don't want to play video games with you. I want to play together, meaning sexual activity. Yes, wouldn't you? Play DS or play with me. Play with you. Oh, not DS, she says. LOL, he says. LOL, cool. If you're cool and I didn't get hurt, why would you get hurt, he asks. I'd have to talk to you more. Make sure you ain't weird. Some guys online are like jerks, you know. That's stupid, he says. Now he's dumbing down his conversation, and, and you'll see when I confront him. He's an articulate guy. He's not stupid. In fact, well, I'll tell the story in a minute, but he knows very quickly... When I walk out, exactly what he's walked in "'I guess,' he says. "'I mean, why do you need to go there?' "'Okay, crazy. Go where? I don't know, if you're a jerk or... "'Not, that's why I talk to you.' "'You're probably not. You seem nice,' she says. "'I'm a nice guy. Cool. I'm a college grad. Have a good job. What kind of job you got?' "'Don't need to do stupid things,' he says. "'I'm in sales. Cool, what you sell. I'm in advertisement. Marketing.' you sell ads yes she says I hate ads not TV he says okay good I hate those kind lol okay you could skip those you know huh like too, skipping commercials so then they get into advertising they'd leave the topic of sex for just a little bit so I would have to come there huh if we talked more and you cool and we were like that yeah damn that's a long drive he says LOL, you so lazy, she says. Are you going to be nice to me and treat me nice? LOL, I'm always nice. What would you like to do? Tell me, he says. Give me preview, LOL. I don't even know if you're cool, but I'm down for whatever. Well, let's say I am. Pretend, he says. If you're cool, I'd do whatever. Hmm, I would love that. I would not pressure anything and make you want me. LOL. Tease you. LOL. How are you going to tease? She asks. I'm a good kisser. And know how to move my hands and tongue, LOL. He's deep into it now. Then she says, everyone knows how to move their hands and move their tongue. Even babies know that, LOL. Well, not with adults, he says, LOL. I ain't had that done yet to me. My ex was lazy. Then he says, ''Well, I don't know if you'd like, but I'm big into foreplay.'' Again, he knows she's 13. Very clear. She said it, he read it, and he acknowledged it. ''Yeah, I ain't had much, but I probably like, maybe,'' she says. ''Yeah, I've done nicely. I mean, you could have sex and be done.'' Or have lots of fun doing it, he says. And this is the part where he's going to teach the 13-year-old girl how it all works. I mean, you seem like a real nice girl. Yeah, fun is better. My ex was all, oh my God, let's do it. And then he went and played video games. I would have to treat you nice. Well, I'm glad we met then, LOL, he says. I could probably teach you a few things. Oh yeah, like what, she asks. Hmm, like, you know, some positions and moves, LOL. Only if you want it, he says. I'd be down for that, I think. I only did RG. I'm a pretty fun guy to hang out with. That's it. RG, by the way, means regular. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Wow, you haven't done at all then. So much more, LOL. Yeah, he was lazy, I told you. You seem like a good kisser, he says. I love kissing. Oh, thanks, me too. Like sensual kissing, he says. See, I like to make love, lol. That's cool. That sounds better, yeah, she says. So what do you like to do for fun, he asks. I like movies, video games, and the koozie. I love the koozie, he says, meaning the jacuzzi hot tub. Now remember, we've set one up on the patio where exclusively in it is going to be exclusively deep in it, more than he bargains for. So if you invited me, would it be during daytime or night? She says, I don't know. Don't matter to me. Could you get out at night? He asks. Parents and stuff. He wants to know. My dad's in SoCal. My mom's in NoCal with me. Okay. We trade times to go down to my dad. So your mom won't get mad? So now he's actually discussing the possibility of visiting a 13-year-old girl when his mom is around. Will your mom get mad? What do you think? What if you had a 13-year-old daughter and a 30-year-old wanted to come over and have sex and hang out in the hot tub? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Mom gets this weekend to see me, then next I do, and then after that, we both do. Okay. I like the weekend, he says. LOL. Cool. Yeah, so it don't matter when my mom is gone. She leaving this weekend? Yeah. Okay, now she's meeting the decoy, has said that her mom will be gone this weekend. That's exciting to him. Well, hopefully you'd want to see me, no matter when. If we talk more and you can come, sure. I'm always like that, he says. Yeah, for sure. I have patience. LOL. So this chat continues, over the course of three days. The most intense part is on day one, the 23rd of August, 2006. On the 24th, there's talk about wine coolers. She says, I had one of those. It was sweet. He wants to know if she wants something different. He says, we don't have to, babe, meaning we don't have to drink. I can bring whatever you like. Then he says, I'm so excited. You have no idea knowing that they're going to hook up 25th now he's addressing her hey sexy hey yeah one more day lol yep that's it he has got his big plan gosh you've been on my mind he says can't wait lol she says lol i've been on your mind huh yeah what you thinking about she asks hmm, just stuff you know So what time tomorrow? Hmm, I leave around 9, so between 10 and 11. Is that okay, PM? Yeah, cool. He says he works till 8, so after. What will you be wearing when I see you, he asks. Clean clothes. I know that, he said. She said, I'm teasing. I know. That's not tease, LOL. What's real then, LOL? If that's real, wear a tease. I'll probably wear shorts and my pink shirt. Hmm. Then he says, we in koozie anyways, meaning the jacuzzi. LOL, no doubt. Then he talks about wanting to see her in a bikini, a hot one. She says, I don't got a good one. It's okay. You look hot in anything. More chat about the big hookup. And then he gets on his way and... In the dead of the night, he shows up. At our home in Petaluma. Of course, he says he's going to shower first so he smells good for her. Now, I remember this specifically because the Petaluma investigation was one of those where it was steady. Some investigations, you get five guys in two hours and then you wait six, seven, eight hours. But Petaluma was very steady. It was steady Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'll talk about what happened Sunday in just a minute because it's a fascinating, funny story. Anyway, we know he's coming. We see his car. And Jazz Winder Chima is a friendly guy. In this particular investigation, we hired an 18-year-old who looked much younger. She was very skilled, very attractive. The predators seemed to like her. And Jazz Winder is coming in pretty fast. Says... Wow, what a nice place you have. Wow, you okay. got a nice place. I don't place. know
1: why. Hey, I made some lemonade. Sit down for me. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to go change a night. Well, hang
0: on. You got to be patient for that. Just a hug. <laughs> no hug for me? So he moves in right away. He gets very close to the decoy, the on-site decoy. And she tells him to sit down at the bar, have something to drink. The bar is outside. And he keeps walking past the bar with his arms wide open. And you heard him. He says, it's just a hug. She tells him he's got to be patient. But at this point, it looks like he might follow her into the house. So I'm on the other side of the patio behind a partition, like a bifold wall. And I come out, and of course, I've heard what he says. And I think this is the first time I might have said it because I know I've said it before, but I think this is the first time I said no hug for me, <laughs> which became somewhat iconic, a classic Predator line. So he sees me and he knows right away he's in trouble. I'm sorry? No hug for me? Oh, Why don't you no. have a seat right over there oh, for me? no. Oh, no, what? Come on, have a seat. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please sit down. You're sorry for what?
1: I think I know what this is. Please sit down. I'm not, I'm not for that, seriously.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. I think I know what this is as you'll hear in a minute Jazzwinder has seen previous To Catch a Predator episodes on Dateline he's seen them and yet he engages in what is really a textbook predator chat the grooming by a man who in other ways operates normally in society the the blurring of the line between fantasy and reality spurred on by the internet the anonymity the addictive nature and the urge to have sex with a child and now he is dead in my sights and having a seat on the stool on the other side of the outdoor bar
1: you're probably going to arrest me I'm not going to arrest you cops will probably I'm, I'm sorry I'm not here really to do anything though
0: Now his mind is spinning. He's decently dressed. He's got a white T-shirt and a striped shirt that any man would wear going out on a Saturday night. And he claims or tries to tell me that he thought the girl was 19, which clearly 19 was never mentioned by the decoy. And I ultimately offer him a look at the chat logs. Listen to what he says next. Now, I've got the entire transcript here, and no place does it say that she's 19. I mean, you can go through it if you
1: want? No, no, it. I believe... How, it. How, how old did she say she was? 13.
0: Wow. She, she says here? that right off the get-go here. 13. Wow. Like, it's a big surprise. Now, remember, in the chat, he talks all about how young she is, how he's going to teach her different positions, different sex acts... And now he's going to try to spin this as, you know, somehow he was drunk over the three days of his conversation and just totally missed the fact that she said she was 13.
1: You know, it was, I I was actually home at that time, really right. drunk. I probably didn't even pay attention. To so you me. didn't even notice that she was 13? I didn't. Yeah. I have never, ever been with him And how old are you? I'm 20, actually, 28, yeah. 28, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. You sure? I'm positive. Yeah. So he tries to tell me he's 28 as well, and I know he's 30. Now, where that gets him, as I mentioned before, I have no idea, but it happens all the time in these investigations, even the new ones. I thought we did just several weeks ago in Michigan. We had guys trying to say they were a few years younger, as if that would somehow be attractive to a child or protect them from some sort of prosecution. Now, he wants to know if he's on camera. And he's going to ask me to turn the cameras off. And I learned many years ago as a reporter to never, ever, under any circumstances, turn off the cameras. And I tell this to my crews. Do not ever turn off the camera. And if you answer the question or if you respond to that request properly, the person you're trying to interview will back down, typically. And it's just a matter of holding your ground. I need you to turn off the camera. I can't do that. And just keep moving on. Now, that's an easy call in a predator investigation because obviously we're not going to turn off the camera. But in more spontaneous interviews and other criminal type investigations, people threaten you. They want you to turn off the camera and never, ever. Because more often than not, I can convince them to talk to me. And that's what happens here. I'm
1: on video? Right now, yes, you are. Can we turn that off, please? No, me? we can't. Where is the police? I know what's going to happen. Could you please turn the, the camera off? I though? cannot do that. I watched your
0: show on date I would never do that. So you've seen the show? Yeah, I,
1: I mean, so I you've already, seen the show and you showed up here anyway? I didn't know she was 13. I'm sorry. Come on. No, but it says right there.
0: He's seen the show and he shows up anyway. I didn't know she was 13. You heard him say it. And he also knows the police are coming. First, he asks if I'm going to arrest him, which obviously I'm not. I'm not the police. But they're going to be there shortly. Chris
1: Hansen, State Line NBC. I know. Arrest me, please. I'm here. The cops are here, so you can arrest
0: me if you want. Even though he's seen the show, I remind him who I am. And that's when the big cameras come out. And he's ready to be arrested. He knows the routine because he's seen the shows.
1: Well, I mean, I know the police is going to arrest me, so where do you want me to go and be arrested? I can explain to the police. I mean, look at me, do you think I would do something like that? I'm
0: very professional. Well, I see a lot of people coming here who are very professional. That's right. He spins an excuse like, look at me, I'm well-dressed. I'm not the kind of guy who would do that. (laughs) He's exactly the kind of guy and probably among the most dangerous because he doesn't look like a sex offender. And that's what makes these guys so dangerous. And in fact, remember, this is the same investigation where we caught the doctor, Maurice Wollen, as I mentioned earlier, a Marine, a Navy sailor, all of them look professional. Exclusively in it, Jazz Winder Chima knows what's going to happen next. So he walks out through the garage with his hands up, and the Petaluma police are right there. Step on up. Step on up. up. I'm here. No. I'm here. There you go. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. He surrenders, he's taken into custody, and he's taken into an interrogation area before he's booked at the Sonoma County Jail. It's near an airport that's nearby. And this is the incredible part of it. He has somehow been able to convince himself... That he's not in the midst of a criminal investigation for trying to sexually assault a child. Attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with somebody under 14 is what the law was at the time in California. He thinks he's on a reality show. And listen to what he says to the detective interviewing him. He refers to me like somebody who's an old pal. I already explained this to Chris. I don't have to do this. Buddy, it's not The Bachelor. You can't finish the show and decide not to marry the girl. This is to catch a predator. You're busted, caught in the act, transcripts, everything. And you're going to be criminally charged. But listen to what he says.
1: I was drinking at that time and I didn't really, um, you know, pay attention while wow, she's 13. like I, I mean, if, if I was awake and I had known, I would not be here. I mean, you can talk to Chris when I, I said, you know, I know who you are. I've seen the show many, many times. I mean, we talk about it at work. I would never do anything like that. Why am I being arrested? I haven't really done anything. Don't you think I should? Because we prevented it. Because we prevented it from happening. So why am I still arrested, though? Because you came up here to prey on a 13-year-old girl. I know, but that part is over. Whatever happened, I mean, don't you think I should be let go
0: now? So you can go find another 13-year-old? That part is over? You can ask Chris We already talked about this It's like, oh, okay I was drunk, I was sleeping I didn't know she was 13 I show up to have sex with her Open arms, go right in for the hug Talk to Chris It's okay, we already talked about this We watch the show at work We talk about it all the time As if that's going to get him off the hook And I love the detective's comeback After Chima says It's all over It already happened Again, just like at some reality TV program, I should be let go. And he says, and you heard it, why? So you can try to have sex with another 13-year-old girl. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the idea of what he said. Great line. And then he sort of gets it, finally, how much trouble he's in. He's taken away to the Sonoma County Jail, booked, and he's got to post $30,000 bond to get out. And He does. And this is one of those cases I mentioned earlier where the predator, the accused, the defendant, tried pretty hard to fight this case legally. And Chima's lawyer, as I mentioned, kind of tagged along or tried to watch Wolin's high priced lawyer. I think Wolin spent like a million dollars fighting this case. And ultimately, pleaded no contest. Chima did the same thing. But the case turned on the chain of possession of the chat logs. And what Wolin's high priced lawyer, and by extension, Chima's lawyer, tried to argue was that they deserved to see perverted justice's hard drive. Xavier Von Erck's hard drive from the computer he used to actually pose as a 13-year-old and chat online with Chima and Wolin and the others. And according to Von Erck, that particular computer, the hard drive, was no longer available to turn over to the court and to the defense lawyers because it had overheated that computer went bad. And the defense attorneys tried to make a big deal about this. Oh, sure, it went bad. I'm sure they wanted to get in that hard drive and, you know, see whatever else they could find that might embarrass perverted justice. But the judge ultimately ruled that it didn't matter because all of this information was backed up on perverted justice's main proxy server in Texas. So all the information... All the chat logs were there, and there was no way that they could have been tampered with. And so after three years of fighting this in court, the judge said, this case is moving forward. There is evidence that a crime was committed. It is a question of fact for a judge or jury. And so there was the no contest plea on the part of Jesuit Chima. He received probation and lifetime registration as a sex offender. At the time, the California courts were, in many people's opinion, a little light on the sentencing. There were predators in Long Beach, in Riverside, and in Petaluma who did prison time. But Chima was not one of them. He got probation lifetime registration as a sex offender. And in terms of where he is now, it appears that Jazzwinder Chima has changed his name to something more common. Jazzwinder or Jesse Singh. And he's still living and working in California. Uh, I've had some help trying to track him down. Because he's a registered sex offender, we know you know pretty much where he lives, and I have reached out to the numbers that I have, and I've not heard back from the former Mister Chima, the now Mister Singh. But as with all of the predators I've caught, I'd be very curious to talk with him, see what he's doing now, and get a better idea of what was going inside the mind of a man who became one of the predators I've caught. As you know, I like to hear from you, and I listen to and read all of your questions. This week's question comes from Keith Swiderski in Virginia. Hi, Chris. Wanted to start off by telling you that I love your investigations and your shows, I'm a truck driver, and I've been binging your podcast while I'm on the road, and I can't wait for the new episodes to come out. I actually have two questions for you. First, you mentioned a few times that there were instances when the predator got the address of the sting house, but then never showed up. Has there ever been a time when a predator would show up at a house after you've completed the investigation and are gone? Keith, that's a very good question, and in fact, it has happened, and probably on more occasions than I know. But it happened in Texas, I know for sure, in Murphy, because one of the detectives went back and made an arrest after we were finished with our investigation. And in Herndon, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., where we had our second investigation, it happened there as well, and it's a bit more of a humorous story, I suppose. There was a fella who we had chatted with online a football players I recall college not a pro or maybe he played semi-pro for a minute and if you remember or if you know the backstory on the Herndon Virginia investigation we rented the home of a retired FBI agent who I've known for many years and because he was in law enforcement he didn't move out I mean he went to work every day but he would come home at night and sleep in the house And so this fellow, who surfaced in our investigation earlier, has a few drinks. And he comes back in the middle of the night to meet the girl he thought he was chatting with online. He had either not shown up or showed up and got hinky. This was the second investigation we did, so it was before law enforcement collaborated with us. And so he comes knocking on the door. And the FBI agent, who's probably... Well into his 50s at the time Retired from the bureau but working in the private sector You know it's a bit groggy Who the hell is knocking on his door And he walks down And he opens the door in his boxer shorts Right his sleep attire (laughs) And there's this potential predator Standing at the door And he about collapses because This guy is tall And big And he's a man and not a teenage girl And so he boots it and I doubt that he ever came back to that house and herded Virginia again. Now, to the second part of Keith's question. Second, I know and I've heard you say that the predator investigations are only about 10% of your work, but to a lot of people, you're the TCAP God. So true. So when you do non predator related investigations, do you ever have your subjects confused as to why you might be questioning them? That's also a great question, Keith. You know, typically when I do an interview, you know, people know why I'm there. So if it's on an investigation into something else, you know, they're comfortable with it. Everybody wants to talk about the predator cases, the past ones and the future ones and the present ones, which is natural. It's also very helpful if I show up at a location where there's been some sort of a natural disaster because... You know, I'm known, I'm a known commodity to law enforcement around the country. And so typically we get treated pretty well and get access that maybe another journalist wouldn't get. So it usually works out in my favor. Now, I have had experiences where I've been, for instance, in a retail store in New York in my civilian clothes and been asking a salesperson about a certain product and they've gotten a little nervous with me and wanted to know if they were on hidden camera. (laughs) And that happens. But generally, when I go to interview somebody, they know why I'm there. Keith continues, again, I love your shows, and I can't wait for more episodes of the podcast and to find out when the new Predator show will be aired. The new Predator show, we have a sort of a sample episode up now on the YouTube channel. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. That's the episode with Todd Barocco who was a cop who surfaced in our most recent investigation in Michigan. We'll have a whole new series of predator investigations from around the country and maybe some outside the country when we launch our streaming crime network, True Blue, in the fall. You can get more information on that at WatchTrueBlue.com. Anyway, Keith Suderski, thank you for following the podcast and all my work. And drive safely. In the meantime, you can catch me on the YouTube channel, as I mentioned, have a seat with Chris Hansen, the documentaries I have out on Discovery Plus, working on a lot of great projects for True Blue. And if you're so inclined, you can find me as well on Cameo. And at any time you want to reach me, you can do so at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.